0: Hey, howdy buzzards. This is Macy. And this is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzzkillers. <laughs> and the giggle. We do that uh, every time. Always. There's <laughs>
1: always going to be a giggle and I'm never going to be sorry for it. Sorry, not sorry.
0: Well, hello, everybody. I Hi said that guys. again.
1: Um, what, uh, what do we have to talk about? Anything? I don't really think we have too much. Ghosts. <laughs> lots of ghosts spooky ghosts we have so many
0: ghost stories <laughs> oh, to tell you You know about. what we
1: do have to mention though goddamn God clarice guys <gasps> who watched clarice Please because...
0: tell me if you watched it because i loved oh. every second of it so so good <laughs> i died <laughs> it was fantastic nicole was literally watching me watch it because yep. at one point, my <laughs> mouth is, like,
1: on the floor. She was,
0: like, practically, like, up on her
1: knees, like, mouth open. Like, <gasps> like, staring at the TV. And I was
0: getting more entertainment out of that in the show. Well, that one scene, I'm sorry. That one scene was, like, it was cinem- cinematic gold. Yeah. That was gold. Oh, it was. I The, was, oh, the was whole so show was fucking fantastic. I'm so excited about it. And I, it's going to be... What, the same person the whole time? Is that what we decided?
1: Yeah, I think that's what it sounds it's gonna like. It's going to be
0: like a conspiracy, kind of.
1: Yeah, they said they, like,
0: caught... They caught the guy that was killing the people, but that he was hired he by was somebody. He was, like,
1: hired by somebody to do it, so there's oh, going to be... Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> I well, mean, if you, it's all in the first episode. Just go
0: watch it. <laughs> we could have said much worse. Oh, yeah, and I could have told you about the scene that was cinematic gold, but I won't but tell us your thoughts because so good i was so happy when i well not happy because it's terrible but <laughs> it, i was like oh my god all of the questions that i've had are coming to light
1: so it was just and it was really well done and i thought it was just... so great
0: the only thing and you noticed it too you were like is her accent like weirdly thick yeah and i was like it sounds like she's like trying
1: it's yeah. hard
0: to do what jodie foster did so well uh-huh. so um anyway it was great but we guys loved it, it was
1: good go watch it if you have not watched it clarice was amazing it
0: was so good and we're gonna go watch silence of the lambs later yes we <laughs> are I'm so it, it, guys we're
1: recording currently and it's Valentine's day it is
0: Valentine's <laughs> day and whatever
1: so we're gonna have some chianti and we're gonna watch silence of the lambs because that's how we celebrate <laughs>
0: Well, That's how we celebrate Galentine's. At least it's not weird. Remember when I said, se- it was like one of our friends the other day. I was like, I watched this on Valentine's Day. And he turned to my husband and he was like, are you okay with that? That's
1: weird.
0: <laughs> and Tyler was like, whatever makes her happy. And I was like, oh. That's the
1: husband you thank need.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Not the husband I deserved, but the husband I need. So, because he's too good for me. <laughs> but guys, he- this week. Oh, my we God.
1: We are drinking a delicious freaking wine. Finally. So we ventured away from Spooky this week. Just because it was so cute. It was so cute. And honestly, this is probably one of my favorites that we've drank so far. This oh, I is love it. really, really good. Guys, it's called confetti. confetti. Fact, has an exclamation point in everything. Does it really? Yeah, it does.
0: Oh, I'll have to change <laughs> it on the
1: post. <laughs> I didn't know that. And it's the sweet pink. And it's a rosé. Is it? it? Is, yes, it says rosé wine on the back. Wow, I thought it was <laughs> sweet pink is a sweet, lush, and fruity and ri- Oh, I did not read that right Wow, you ever like start reading a sentence And get like Heck Try and like it? head for the inflection of it And then you're like, wait, that's not how that it That happens goes. to me when Shit. I read quotes I do that a lot too
0: When I read quotes for <laughs> our podcast
1: <laughs> I don't get the inflection right <laughs> So it says sweet pink is sweet, lush, and fruity And ready for any occasion Just open the bottle and let the celebration begin Woohoo Celebrating Valentine's Day, we are,
0: and it's pink. Look at that! Hell
1: yeah, it's
0: great. I thought I think it tastes great.
1: I th- I think it's.
0: I did not think it was a rosé. It's really sweet. It really is
1: really sweet for a rosé. I guess that's why probably why it's called sweet pink. That's,
0: well, <laughs> uh, that's why I thought it was a moscato, like a yeah. pink moscato. No. Hmm. Okay. Interesting,
1: but it is good, guys. Seriously, recommended. The bottle is adorable too. It has like little it's confetti so bits cute. all over it. <laughs>
0: we love it. <laughs> okay.
1: Hey, the bottle's so cute. Now let's talk about murder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Macy. It's oh, actually, not murder, per se. I was going to say,
1: this month we got haunted houses. So we got
0: scary, spooky, spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> okay, that was my favorite song. <laughs> um, so today, guys, we are talking about... I don't know if this is true or not. I cannot tell you. After all of the research I've done, you can't, I can't even tell you how many sources I have for this. So look at this. This is my list. Oh, my God. I went on a deep dive for this, you yes, guys. Yes, you did. I read an entire book. I watched two documentaries. You. That's like a page worth of sources. That's why it kept hitting like eight pages, eight pages, eight pages, <laughs> and it was because of like my sources. You have and then all I would go sources. I would like edit stuff out and it would like go back to where it was. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um so we are talking about the house that inspired the movie A Haunting in Connecticut or The Haunting in Connecticut. I can't remember which one. Either way, Haunting in Connecticut. <laughs> it's in Connecticut, guys, and it's haunted. <laughs> it's called Allegedly. The Snedeker house. Snedeker. Snedeker. Yeah. Sh- we- that was the name that we were trying to say for like an <laughs> hour. S- snedeker? Snedeker. Yeah. S- s- yeah. s- s- no. Did you
1: like spell it to me or something? We both sat there and we were like, Snedeker. Snedeker. Snedeker.
0: Snedeker. Sought- I don't know. But it is Snedeker. S- I think I would know s- by s- now. I n- listened to eight hours of s- an s- audiobook. Yep, And they called them the Snedekers. So that's what we're going to talk about. And this house is on 208 Meridian Avenue in Southington, Connecticut. You cannot go there. It Mm. is not for the public. So, uh, but Nicole's doing (laughs) ones that you can visit. Yes. (laughs) I don't know how
1: I managed to choose the ones that you can go to. And
0: I chose the ones that you can't. You literally can't go there. People live there.
1: And, I mean, we've reiterated this fact a million times. Please don't go there.
0: Mm-mm.
1: If if it's not open to the public, don't be one of those creepers that drives past the house 18,000 times and stands out front and takes pictures. People live there.
0: Drive past once, take a picture, and go on your merry way. And
1: say, do what we did with John Jamalski. do a little loop and get away. Just don't be a creep and park outside and take pictures. Like, that's rude. That's Poor family. somebody's they house. Don't, they that don't. They're just trying to live their they're life. They're just trying to live their life, but guys. Yeah, it sucks that they bought such a famous house, but... Don't be well, dark. it wasn't
0: <laughs> famous until this. That's fair. Case. Okay, so we're gonna go in it. Okay, Dab deep. So the two main players in this. And sorry guys, if I mess up names, I can't tell you how many different names they used for the kids. <laughs> the <laughs> book called them one set of names, and then they have their actual names. And then they another documentary called them by another set of names. And so I <laughs> did a find them replace, but I'll try to <laughs> not. I hopefully I found all of them and didn't misspell any. So.
1: We don't, we don't actually know the, their real names, though, right? I
0: know the parents' names, mm-hmm. and I know the oldest two sons' names. And the cousins. There are some cousins that come okay. into play. But the very young kids, okay, those I don't ones. know their names. Okay. Um, they've, they changed a lot, like the others as well. And, but I'm going to call them what they call them in the book. Yeah. Um, but there are two younger siblings, and obviously they didn't give their names for mm-hmm. protective reasons. Yeah. Um, but the mother of the Snedeker family, her name is Carmen. And um, the father is Alan, and I'll call him Al. That's the name that he goes by. Mm -hmm. And Alan Carmen met in 1977 in Plainville, Connecticut. Um, He went to a bowling alley that Carmen was a cocktail waitress at, and they fell in love. Oh, Um, (laughs) Carmen was um, the middle child of five children. She had two older sisters and two younger brothers. Um, She was the daughter of a staff sergeant. In the Air Force. Um, And so she was like an army brat for five years. And they traveled all over the place until her father was honorably discharged. Uh Um, And before she married Al, she had been married previously. I don't know a lot about this marriage. All I know is that she had her two sons, Philip and Brad, who are... What's Bradley, I guess. (laughs) Um, But that is the oldest son and uh, the second oldest. Okay. But she got divorced from that husband and when she met Al in 1977 um sorry I just got I read the wrong thing wow (laughs) so um and then Al was also previously married Mm -hmm. um and he had married his first wife in 1975 but the marriage only lasted like 19 months so that's like (laughs) a little over a year so, he's done better than some celebrities
1: out there, so. That's
0: true. How long was Kim Kardashian married? Like 90 days? Three, I to say literally, to that literally first like three months. Um <laughs> So, sorry. Here we go. They met in 1977 and they got married in
1: 1979.
0: There Yay. we go. <laughs> um they have four children told, total. So the two oldest boys who were from Carmen's previous marriage and then two of their own. And those um for, you know, like I said, just reasons of giving them names. I'm gonna call them Stephanie and Peter. Do I know if those are their real names? No. I'm sorry. But that's what they are in the book. <laughs> um, so in nineteen eighty six, when a lot of this starts to happen, they're living in Hurleyville, New York, which is um in the Catskill Mountain re- region. Oh, cool. Um, and Al worked at a stone quarry. I don't know what that is. I Fancy. mean, I know I know what that is, but I don't know what you do there. <laughs> and um, Ka- Ka- Carmen said that she, like, worked, but I couldn't find where she worked. And the book said that she babysat. And that's all I know. So, sorry. Um, she had a job. I don't know what it is. Um, I know what her new job is. Um, they And they were devout Catholics. And we're going to talk about this a lot. A lot of rosaries, a lot of Hail Marys, kind of things like that. And I had oh to – really look up what that was, because I'm, I mean, I'm Christian to an extent, and <laughs> I don't know anything about Catholicism, so um, I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, um, you're going to have to
1: extra explain it for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, in um, in April of, ni- of 1896, what am I doing? 1986, dyslexia. Girl, slow down on the wine. I know. It's not the wine. I only had, like, a sip. Well, I had a couple sips, but I'm not even... <laughs> I still have a lot of a glass, so it's just my <laughs> dyslexia. It's been continuing. a rough day. 19! <laughs> 1986. God damn it. I'm just dumb. Okay. In April of 1986, <laughs> Philip, the oldest son, develops like a really bad cough. Uh-oh. And they don't know what it is, but it becomes so bad that they end up taking him to the doctor and he is diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Ooh. And one of, like, he has, like, a bump. They talk about how he has, like, a bump in his neck and stuff like that. Um. So once he's diagnosed with this, there's only really one hospital in the area that is treating children's cancers. What happened? He <laughs> just burped in the <laughs> microphone. I'm so sorry. You heard that. <laughs> well, they just heard me have a dyslexic episode for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> Followed up with my belch. It's good. So um, there were no, like I said, there were no... Real hospitals treating children's cancers in their area. So they had to take him to a hospital in Connecticut. um, And it was called John Dempsey Hospital. Um, And he had to go there every day, five days a week, for three weeks of tests. And while they were making these trips, they would spend. You know, nights in nearby, nearby motels, and mm. Al's family part of Al's family did live in Connecticut, so they had a little bit of a family tie there. But just to let you know, I Googled this. Um, on Google Maps, the trip from Hurleyville, New York, to Southington, Connecticut, is 127 miles one way. Oh, so they were driving 127 miles there, doing his treatments, and then if they had to come home, driving 127 miles back. I'll say that's like that's like two two and a half hours
1: yep. each way, long way. That's oof. Oh.
0: So obviously this trip is like way too much for them. So they decide to move to N- Connecticut to be Connecticut, Connecticut, Connecticut. Um, to be closer to the hospital. Um, and so they needed to find um a pretty affordable rental because they were having severe financial issues, oh. especially with all of. Oh, four, first m- of all, four children. So it's yeah. a family of six. And then one of them has pretty bad cancer. Yeah.
1: Between the driving and the, the medical yeah.
0: costs. Oof. So they definitely needed to find some place. Um, so Carmen was looking around for um, apartments for a while. But a lot of people didn't want to rent to her because she had four kids. like, And, and then other places were too small or somewhere out of their you know, budget or whatever. Yeah. But she was having a hard time. But eventually when she was on her way to another apartment viewing she saw um a for rent sign at the front of 208 meridian avenue um drive away drive away (laughs) um really seriously drive away um (laughs) so she comes back and they're like doing work and i'm going to talk about this in like a half a second um they were doing work on the apartment Mm -hmm. um and she they couldn't let her go downstairs into the downstairs apartment but they let her go into the upstairs apartment and she loved it thought it was great um one of the workmen gave her the landlord's number um and this house was like like i said it was t- it was two stories so it was a white duplex mm-hmm. um and they she basically s- took it sight on scene she'd never seen the downstairs apartment but she saw the upstairs and was like cool and so when she called the landlord he was like i can't offer you the upstairs the downstairs which was you know being worked on while you were there is going to be free so yeah that you can have it and she decided like well i guess if it's anything like the upstairs one sure yeah plenty of room it was in their budget perfect um so they basically began preparing to move in immediately Mm -hmm. um but the problem was al had to stay back in hurleyville and only travel to southington on weekends for six weeks because he was completing a transfer. Uh, so he had to still work in Hurleyville yep. for six weeks. So he'd go there during the week. And on the weekends, he'd come home. So like. Jesus. More gas. Yeah. Like they've, they've kind of kind of fixed their problem, but not really. Not yet. At least for not another <laughs> two months. Um, so while they're moving, they're. O- oh they're m- I don't know it's not middle, I guess. The second oldest son, Bradley, he goes to live with Carmen's mother for the summer in Alabama mm. while Carmen and Al and the three other children moved to Southington together. I don't know why he went there. He just decided he wanted to. <laughs> and just Weird. so you know, her name, is, the mother's name is Wanda Jean. Wanda Jean. <laughs> or at least that's what the book called her. <laughs> so, and she's not mentioned a lot, so that's her name. Um, so while they're in this process of moving, Philip still has to be taken daily oh. to Connecticut to get his radiation treatment. Jesus. Um, and they finally leave Hurleyville on June 30th of 1986. Um, when they move into the house, they discover some weird things. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> so, like I said, this is a duplex, a two-level duplex. Mm-hmm. So some of the, like the kitchen, the living room, the dining room, and a like a bedroom or two, maybe, I think it's two of them, yeah. are upstairs. Okay. And the rest of them are in the basement. But she's never seen this basement or whatever. Oh, no. And in the book, she has a dream that tells her that some horrible thing happened there. And she's what? all nervous. Like, this is what happened in the book, but I'm not sure how that happened. But somehow, when they're coming back, because they've never actually seen this apartment. Yeah. They go in and just kind of go look at first. And they discover that this basement has five rooms. It's like a huge basement. And I'm going to kind of explain to you what they explained in the book. Because I thought it was like a pretty good description. So the first room that they discover had like, it's like it's just like an open room with like, Two French doors into okay. the back. So it just like, it had like some shelving around it, and they were like, okay, cool. And then they walked behind the French doors, and this first room that they find had shelves with mortuary tools, saws, and weird things like that. Uh. And, and then they find these little tiny plaques that were used to mark graves. Um. The next room that they find. Has a ramp that sloped downward into the basement from a door on the side of the house. Oh, no. (laughs) The third room that they find (laughs) has a rectangular bed like platform in the middle of it. Oh, no. With chains that are attached to it by a hoist. And they find out later that this is the body lift that would lift the bodies that they had embalmed and stuff into what was. The viewing room. Oh, my God. Um, And that ended up being Carmen and Al's room. So, like, the room that, like, the body lift went up into ended up being their bedroom. That's fucked. Oh, dear. (laughs) Um, Okay. And (laughs) so they find the body lift. There's an act. And then there's another rectangular trap door, like I said, in the ceiling above. Yeah. To bring it up. And then in the the book, it says that there was, like, stains, dark stains all over the concrete floor i thought they were fixing this place <laughs> <laughs> macy's like i'm getting there damn it um <laughs> and then there was a drain that was covered by a piece of plywood that was at the bottom of these stairs and that ended up being a blood tank where they would like drain all the blood from people oh ew, ew, and ew. the last room that they find had another rectangular table and it was on the the, um, and they said that the wall to the left of the table was stained red and brown. To be honest, I don't know how stained everything was, but I do know that they actually did find this equipment. Oh my um, so take... <laughs> take the stains maybe at face value yeah (laughs) or take everything else at face value but don't take the stains at that that might not just be like author's embellishment i mean when you walk
1: into somewhere and there's like a big round stain on the carpet you're gonna be like oh my god there were stains everywhere
0: there could be like one yeah i didn't i i watched a couple documentaries and they always talked about the equipment but they didn't talk about any sort of stains but I thought like they just the book obviously described it the best than any other source so I was like "Mm, yeah I'll put that in there Um, so like I said the fourth room had another rectangular table and a large industrial sink and this is when they I'm putting air quotes here find (laughs) out that the house was had used to be the Hallahan funeral home like since the 1920s oh god she <gasps> claims that she never ever knew about this, and then like the rest of the neighborhood is like, everybody knew that this used to be the Hallahan. But
1: like they're know, not I'm from wondering. Connecticut; they're not from there. How? Are th- but she the just but
0: like- the uh, the the realtor or the I guess the landlord also says that he disclosed this information to them. Okay. So she claims that they were never told. There's like a sign on the building that I watched an interview and. Like, you can see the sign in, in the, that says Hallahan Funeral Home on it. Yeah. In the picture. But then, I guess, when they moved in, it was covered up with plywood.
1: Oh, okay. So,
0: I don't know. I, I don't know if they were trying to hide it, but it seemed like everybody freaking knew except them. Yeah. Um. And so, I actually found this story by, um. it's like from Daryl Kern of Kern Realty. Okay. Who was uh, the person who bought the property mm-hmm. after the Hallahans moved out? Um, and apparently, they had been the mortuary was downstairs. Yeah, and the their apartment, their house was on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Daryl. Dar- Did I say? Could I call him Darnell? No, I call no, him Darryl. said Daryl. Okay, cool. He wanted to turn the downstairs level into a um a realty office for his company, but he got a lot of pushback from the neighbors. They did not want that. And they okay. ended up going to like court about it. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, the town officials finally decided that to, to go with the neighbors and he was not allowed to make it into a commercial property. And, um, so that's when he decided to, um, renovate the two levels and rent it out. um, So, oh, God, guess whose bedroom is in the basement or supposed to be in the basement? Phillips. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. They wanted to (sighs) put him in the downstairs in the downstairs basement because it was really close to a bathroom and it was very close to their to their bedroom. And so and he was having nausea and stuff at night. So she could hear him easily. If he was ha- needed something, okay, that's fair. But he also, he, there was a bathroom right there. But it was a funeral whor- home, and this was the morgue. Yeah, and this kid is dying of cancer, or not dying, but he has cancer. He has cancer. That's terrifying. That is that is fucking horrifying. <laughs> I'd be like, like, uh, why would you put him in there? Right, like, immediately kn- <laughs> put him somewhere else.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm sick, guys. This is where you choose to put me. <laughs> it was
0: terrible. Um, so she also notices when they move in that all the doorways have crucifixes over them. I thought that this might have been because of the funeral home aspect of it. That sounds like what it would be to me. Like, but it's still strange that, like, the landlord didn't take them down. Yeah, so the same reason
1: they didn't take the tools out of the basement.
0: What the fuck? He was like, oh, yeah, we'll move those eventually.
1: Eventually. Eventually. I'm like
0: there's a fucking table. I'd be like, no. Used to hold corpses in my basement. No,
1: no. You move it
0: now. <laughs> yeah, I've been like, you're gonna move it today. <laughs> um, so according to the book, when Philip went to check out his room in the basement, because he didn't go down initially with the parents, the parents found all this stuff on the mo- on their own, and he did not go exploring. He just went <gasps> down into that like first initial room, and he in the book he says that he um got goosebumps. Like, all over his body, and it, like, he felt super nauseous, and then all of a sudden he felt like he wasn't alone. Oh, no. Um, and that is when Philip told Carmen that he thought the house was evil. Oh. Carmen's like, ha 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 ha, like, yeah, fine, but they (laughs) haven't, they, like, Al and Carmen were, like, really crazy about... making sure the kids didn't know what the history of the house was. So, like, he hadn't wandered back there to see all the tools. He had just been in that immediate room. And he's just like, yo, this is evil. And he's, and this is the time that he starts hearing a male voice call his name from the basement. No, thank you. Um, Goodbye. <laughs> uh, his little sister... Like, and he's told his mother that he hears this voice. And then his little sister, Stephanie, also says at some point and like really early on moving in that she saw an apparition of a woman with her arms like open for her, like to give her a hug Uh. in in her room. And it was like her face was like twisted and like contorted. Ah, demon. And (sighs) here's something that really drove me crazy throughout this whole research process. Carmen and Al do not believe the kids. Like, to a fault won't believe them. They start having their own experiences and still tell the kids that they're crazy. Like, you're not hearing anything, but then they'll feel cold on the back of their neck or they'll hear somebody in the other room. But then the kids are like, I literally saw a ghost! And they'll be like, ah, it was just a dream. I've watched too many horror stories and. In- i story, would literally be like child what did you
1: see yeah I, my <laughs> ass would be like okay mommy's gonna come down there with you it's okay we'll check it out together like we're gonna do this together let me get some sage
0: <laughs> I, I was like yeah we're gonna get I, we're gonna get some sage now.
1: <laughs> and a cross.
0: we're gonna get a priest here to bless his house <laughs> right. um so things from the beginning are not great like i said stephanie saw an apparition philip was hearing voices the littlest one was really little So I don't think, like, even if he did see something. He, like, didn't know how to. He didn't really know how to say anything. To
1: him, it was just probably like, okay, he saw a person. And he he doesn't process, okay, it's a ghost. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he really Probably doesn't know that concept yet.
0: Um, At one point, Carmen claims that she was mopping the kitchen floor and noticed that there was, like, this weird coppery smell that started to, like, develop in the room. And then when she looked down to the floor, the water in the bucket was red. No, and the floor that she had been mopping was smeared red, and her feet were covered in it. That's disgusting. So like like blood, and you've been mopping your floor with it. Oh, oh. But she thought it was water, and yeah, it's I like know. it's like like Jesus turning the water into wine. Uh. If something turned the water into blood. Oh, was, it? Oh, huh. And this is also the time that they start to kind of notice like a um a shift in Philip's personality. He starts <sighs> being rude to doctors and nurses at the hospital and starts being like super edgy. He's like on edge all the time.
1: Kid probably hasn't slept in weeks. He's probably being fucking haunted. You put him in a fucking morgue and he's got cancer, you asshole. Or he's being influenced by something. Or he's being possessed. That's possible too.
0: So, <laughs> um this is when like so the, the middle brother Bradley still isn't home, but Stephanie has told her parents that she's seen something and mm-hmm. Philip has told his parents and nobody believes them. So this is when all the kids kind of start talking together about their experiences because their parents don't believe them. Um, and then they stopped completely basically talking to the parents about it unless it was like, oh, my God, I just like I'm, I'm it's like the middle of the night running yeah. upstairs, you know. Like they'll be they were like talking in like hushed tones together and when then the parents would walk in the room, they would like stop talking and stuff like that. (laughs) At least that's the way the book described it. But in other instances they were talking about how the kids kind of like banded together. Yeah. And started talking about this stuff. Um they would see gray blurs moving from left to right in their peripheral vision, like all the time. And um even Carmen starts to kind of notice them at this point but she's like that she's not ready to believe um my and god at, and at the end of this summer of 1986 bradley comes back um and this is when carmen like prepares a big family meal to, to share with everybody because her son's coming home she puts plates and silverware on the dining room table for lunch she steps out to take a phone call comes back and they're gone and then when she goes (laughs) to the kitchen kitchen she finds them back in the drawers and cupboards where they had been
1: I'd start feeling nuts if something like that happened to me I'd be like did I not just set the table she
0: literally like you like I've heard her talk about this like a million times she was like I put them there like I did not put them like I remember putting them on the table I felt them in my hands yeah like Story. Oh, that's
1: really fucking freaky. Um, yeah.
0: And something that I hadn't mentioned, th- um, Philip, like, had refused the whole summer to, like, sleep in his room alone. Huh. And Wonder he why. And was sleeping on the couch. And he was still hearing the voices from the basement. Um, and so when Bradley comes home, they decide that they're all going to, s- like, that he'll sleep down there as long as they're together. Um, and the first night... Well, and f- let me explain something. So, like, that first room that you immediately walked in downstairs, that was supposed to be Michael or Michael Ugh, Bradley. <laughs> Bradley's room. And then behind the French doors that I talked about, yeah. that was supposed to be um, Phillip's room. Okay. Um, But they decide to move all of Phillip's stuff into that front room with Bradley. Mm. We're going to talk more about that. <sighs> um, okay. <laughs> so the very first night that he's sleeping down there with Bradley, um, he sees again movement in his periphery and um the French doors were like slightly open and he saw and they see this they see this apparition quite a few times. It was and I'm gonna read kind of what they said in the book. Um and they saw a face. He saw a face of a 20 something year old boy staring at him. It was pale, long and gaunt with hollow cheeks and sunken eyes, long black hair. And then nope. as he's staring at him, nope. his lips started moving as if he was like trying to say something. Uh huh. Um. Philip ran past him. Oh, brave child. And tried and went up the stairs. I would have just like, started screaming bloody murder. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> so on a different night. Bradley and Phillip see something. And, like, it's like, they're all seeing shit. Uh, Why it, don't you believe them? I know. Uh, if
1: two kids come to you and they're like, we both just saw the same man in the basement, I'd be like, huh, huh, we're gonna leave now. <laughs> <I'm> getting, yeah, <laughs> Get in the car, kids. <laughs> so,
0: on a different night, Bradley and Philip see three men standing around one of the dressers in the room. One of them wore a pinstriped suit and a fedora and the other two just had like dark clothing on. The mob. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a funeral home. Who oh, knows? Yeah, fair. <laughs> what they were what, buried in. So they see the ghost in there whispering and laughing and gesturing to the boys. And they actually like broke a toy. And so they went to go get Carmen. And she went to the basement to see uh, like did somebody fucking breaking my house? Uh-huh. Um, And... She heard footsteps, and the room got cold. And this is what the book says, and that she felt someone brush by her. <laughs> but she still refuses to believe them. Oh, my God. Even though she sees the broken toy, <laughs> and both of the boys have come to her, and her daughter at this point have come to her and said, there's something going on here. She still pretends not to believe them. This woman's driving me nuts. <laughs> um, so after this, things start to go missing. Her purse and Ooh. her keys and things like that. And whenever anybody misses something, misses places something, anything happens, they hear a voice, they blame it on Philip. Like he's messing with them. Like I'm like, what the? The whole time I was like, what the fuck? Believe your kid. Anyway. What is wrong with them? Um, and so. His treatments were starting to come to an end and like you'd think that he'd be like excited about yeah. all of this. But he's just slowly getting more withdrawn and moody. And it's just getting worse and worse. Oh and this, okay, we're going to talk about this. This is when Carmen starts, or I mean, she'd already s- felt something, but this is when she hears a voice in the house. She found a faucet running in the bathroom at one point and she had bought two packs of soda that went missing and no- she couldn't even find the receipt. What? But she that said she had bought them. That's a thirsty ass ghost. A thirsty ghost. <laughs> um, like I said, that's in the book. Maybe that's not true, but the faucet running definitely true, <laughs> and the voice that's voices freaky. definitely true. Um, and this is when her husband on weekends is also starting to get to have experiences. He's awakened almost every night by movement in the hallway and voices, and he's always hearing like music, like it's being played through like a gramophone. That's um, weird. And then he would go down the hall and realizes that realize that the noises were coming from the basement. Where the kids were go where the kids were sleeping. And he'd go down to the kids and there's nobody there. They're asleep. Nothing's going on.
1: Oh my God. My ass would have been out of this house so long ago. Mm-hmm that or there would have been a priest there blessing everything i'd sleep with holy water in my bed
0: goodbye scary (laughs) um so this is a story that i actually found in um one of the documentaries bradley tells a story that one day when he came home from school he went down to the, the their room in the basement and he found philip like pulling his bed into that other room that was supposed to be his room and when he asked him what he was doing, he said he'd, quote, unquote, made a deal. What? What does
1: that mean? What does that mean?
0: We're gonna see. I don't like what that means. That sounds scary. Um, <laughs> and this is when the kids kind of start sleeping with the lights on. Like, everybody starts sleeping with the lights on. They weren't already? I think they were. But God. Al notices because he gets the electric bill. Oh. And it is high. <laughs> I have, like, all caps, like, like a dick in this. Um, <laughs> he goes around the entire basement unscrewing all of their light bulbs and taking them. And leaving them I be like, okay, in Dad, fucking Dad, I'm darkness. S- I'm sleeping in your bed tonight. No, and then when they say, can we sleep on the couch? They tell them no.
1: Sleep what in your old, man. You're old enough. Them?
0: Like, I was horrified for these children. Poor um, kids. Jesus. And that night, Brad sees his sister on the stairs flipping the light switch on and off. And the lights are coming on, but there are no bulbs. What? And so he runs after her, but he runs into Carmen and Al, and he's like, where is Stephanie? She's been bugging me. She's turning the lights on and off and da 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 And she'd been asleep for hours. Fuck that. Demons disguise themselves as children. I know. Goodbye. And Brad also at one point saw a little black boy in Superman pajamas running around his room. And then he just disappeared. This is terrifying. Yeah. There's like a lot of shit going on and no one did anything.
1: (laughs) I would literally be sleeping outside at this point. I would not be in that house.
0: So at this point, they have been here for a year.
1: How? I
0: Because everybody's <laughs> fucking ignoring shit. And, like, maybe that's a good thing to do because if you ignore it, then you don't give it power. But, but it at the same time, you should at least acknowledge your children when they're scared.
1: E- Sorry. Exactly. And it doesn't help. I mean, like, so, th- okay, guess what? You're parents and you're ignoring it. But the kids are not ignoring it. So you should do something besides ignoring Tell it.
0: Tell them to ignore it or something. Like, be like, I believe you, but are we it? need to not give this thing power or something yeah. like that.
1: Explain it to them. Something. Yeah. Jesus
0: but so their second summer in the house, they moved in, in 1986, mm-hmm. and then that next summer, their cousins, or, yeah, the kids' cousins, Kim and Tammy, come to stay. Um, Kim was 12, and Tammy was 17, and their parents were going through a pretty bitter divorce, mm-hmm. and so Carmen had just said, come stay with me! Oh my god. Um, that's scary. And, um... At some point, the boys take the cousin to, like, the oldest cousin, I think, to yeah. look at their room where the, like, and a bun- they figure out a- eventually what all these rooms were. Like, one was the mortuary, one was, the, like, like the morgue, one was where they did all of the embalming and stuff like that. So they take her into one of the rooms um, where the coffins and the headstones were made, and they all saw an entity wearing a long gray coat that had no eyes. Oh, fuck That
1: holy fuck that Mm -hmm. no if it doesn't have eyes my ass is done
0: (laughs) and so (laughs) at this point philip has already gone through a pretty drastic personality change he's like not wearing his normal clothes he's wearing really dark clothes now and he's listening to like heavy metal music i was kind of like "Mm, okay so Um, he was goth but (laughs) this is when they notice it increase drastically when the cousins come to visit um he became aggressive Ooh. and started speaking to them with quote-unquote contempt ah. and he like would swear at them and stuff like that how old is this kid again? At- he i think he was they said he was 14 okay. 14 or 15 they didn't really give ages okay because i think they were trying to like protect them yeah so um i one of the documentaries said that he was around 14 Okay. When they so probably maybe 15 at it's this a, point. It's, they've
1: been there a year. So yeah. probably.
0: Um, they said that his personal hygiene took like a turn for the worse. Mm. He was like not showering and stuff. Ew. And he was like super anxious to separate himself from the family. He like didn't want to hang out with them or be with them. He was always downstairs listening to the devil's music. Like, oh God. and, um, and he started to play cruel jokes on the family. Um, he locked his little brother in like some sort of like a chest. Like the like the chest murders. Oh. And then like forgot that it happened. <gasps> what? Was like, what? I didn't I don't remember doing that. And then he would like get in fist fights with his brothers and what stuff the like shit? that. And he was like super close to Bradley. So it was weird that like all of a sudden he was like turning against them. Um at one point Tammy, the older cousin, tried to like intervene between um, Philip and Bradley and he walked into her room and like tore it apart how is this kid
1: still functioning at that point like as a parent I'd be holding him down like well, here's what is thing. wrong with you they
0: asked his doctors if this had could be some sort of effect of his medication or the radiation or something and they said no are you serious? And so they were very concerned that this had to do with some sort of mental p- disorder. Oh, no. And I'm not sure that they were quite ready after having just put their son in remission. Yeah. From cancer of having him have some sort of mental disorder. Like, I can understand that, wa- not wanting to accept that, like, your kid is still sick. Yeah. No, Even though it's not physically sick. One of the articles I found also said that, like, at this time when he tore her room apart, he, like, threw her across the room when she tried to stop him as if she were nothing but i think he probably just pushed her yeah <laughs> um they also started noticing at this time that he was writing in some sort of a journal like a lot and um Tammy was helping to like collect um like laundry or something one day so she went down to the basement and ended up finding um this journal please don't tell me it's
1: all written in some weird gibberish
0: Oh, it's fucked. Um, oh, it's okay. not weird gibberish, but um, she gives it to Carmen, and the pages are full of notes and poetry that are very dark and are about death, murder, killing, and necrophilia.
1: Ah, uh, so no. it's bad. Oh, and God. when she
0: and so here's the thing is she notices that all of this stuff is like really, really well written. And Philip was dyslexic. Really? So she was like, how could my son, who I've seen his writing for years, like, because you'll flip stuff around all over. Oh, yeah. She was like, it was perfect.
1: That's not right.
0: And when she asked him about it, um, he replied, um, the man helped him write.
1: Goodbye. We're burning the house down, children. Pack your bags. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so this is when things—if you didn't think that they could get any worse—get worse. Oh dear God! I'm Philip ready. ends up attacking his cousin with the intent of raping her. Ah! And I—in the book, they say it's Kim, which is the younger one. Uh huh. She's twelve. Ah. Maybe thirteen at this time. In one of the documentaries, they made it look like it was Tammy um but in the book they said it was Kim huh. and um and then all the articles just say a cousin the cousin so i'm thinking it was the younger cousin but i'm not quite sure which one he tried to attack oh um, my this is disturbing and when he and when carmen confronted him he just smiled and laughed at her
1: what? Um, I'd be like, um, no, you're, I'm chaining you to your bed right well, now. Well, she what immediately calls
0: you? the police. She called the police? She called the police on her son, and he was arrested. Good arrest- for her. He was arrested. Good for her. And they did, like, a 24-hour psyche bomb, and he was, at that point, diagnosed with schizophrenia. Ah. Uh, which I'm, we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, when you're living in a haunted house,
1: and you're claiming to see things.
0: I can uh, see why they would think that was schizophrenia but if it's an actual haunting like i can that probably yep. wasn't it um <laughs> uh and it later in an investigation um it is revealed that he was using illegal drugs Ooh, um and he, we're gonna talk about this a little later but i'm gonna bring it up now um the warrens end up coming into play with <laughs> which is really exciting the rain. Um, but i watched an article or Watched an article, watched a video with uh-huh. them where they said that illegal substances can heighten your sensitivity and can make you like have the same type of state, I guess, as a clairvoyant would, like in situations where there are hauntings. Is that why people on drugs hallucinate? They're not actually hallucinating; there's ghosts, they're seeing dead people. I know. I see, what? Dead people. I <laughs> see dead people. <laughs> so that's what they say.
1: Hey Mason, you want to go try some meth? No, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> this is not Breaking Bad. This is Buzzkillers.
1: Oh man, I wouldn't even know where to begin.
0: <laughs> I'd be like,
1: "Want some rock candy?" It Looks like it. <laughs> Sorry, go
0: <ahead>. you're funny. <laughs> um, no. So basically, once they arrest him, he like can't remember what happened, and he, they're he's being left in this. State mental hospital by his parents. Oh my and God. And he doesn't know what's happening. And so he's pleading with her not to leave him. And then as they start to leave, he says, Now they're going to come after you. Like, now that I'm not here, they're going to come after you. Oh my. And activity in the house immediately escalates after Philip leaves. That's, fuck. I have chills. That's and let horrible. me just <laughs> tell you, let me just tell you something that's really interesting. He seems to improve when he is away from the house. <sighs> like, yeah, some people might say, oh, yeah, he was schizophrenic and the medicine is what's helping him. But you can be at home and take medicine and still do better. But uh-huh. he was away completely. Yeah. And seemed to do like a 180. That's so weird. So. Mm-hmm. After Philip leaves, crucifixes start going missing from the doors and the upstairs. Because I said that there were crucifixes over the basement doors, but they're also all upstairs, too. Um, So they start going missing. And oh, my God, it was so crazy. I was watching the documentary. They have, like, a bunch of them on it. But this one was, like, a reinvest in reinvestigation of it that came out, like, in 2009. Uh-huh. And talks with the family members and a bunch of... um. Like, the researchers and, and Ed and Lorraine Warren and stuff like that. Yeah. And as she starts talking about how the crucifixes would go missing, a cross, like, was, that was on the wall behind her literally fell off the wall. Ah! And the room, like, suddenly got cold. Mm. Like, them just talking about nope. it.
1: Nope. Goodbye. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know that was weird. You know how I would have solved this problem? The second I tried to move in and found out there was a morgue in my basement, I would have moved back out.
0: <laughs> did, well, here's the thing: is they did not have the money because of their financial straits to move.
1: I would have lived. On the I would have lived in a
0: shoebox, literally on the street. I, I mean,
1: fucking would not care. I'd I be like, I'm out. I'm so far gone. It's not even funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Tammy, the older cousin, comes home from a, a date like the night after Philip is admitted to the hospital. Okay. She lays down in bed and feels something tugging at her underwear.
1: Goodbye.
0: The covers (gasps) are pulled off the bed. She starts hearing voices and hearing scratching on the walls. Her bed feels like it has like, and they talk about this a lot, that mattresses would feel like they were breathing, would like inhale and exhale, and they would feel like a pulse in the bed.
1: That's just fucking weird. They
0: talk about it a couple other times, too. This happens with um, Carmen and Al. They wake up in the middle of the night, and the bed is vibrating for, like, no reason. No. No, no, no. Um, so the room gets freezing cold. She feels a hand on her back, and then her bra stra- strap is pulled down. Uh-uh. She immediately
1: I mean, runs out of the room. I would have been screaming the second the blankets were taken I off. Know, of I know. I
0: would. She runs to go get Carmen. Carmen is, like, frantically trying to calm her down, does not know what's going on, brings her back into the room with the Bible, and they start reading through some psalms. Carmen says that at that time, she feels an energy, like, a, like an oppressive, crazy energy. Is this what
1: makes her believe?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh she believes after that. Finally. And she saw the outline of a hand. She says she saw the knuckles, and she saw, like, the wrist. Like, the wrist. Um, she saw the outline of a hand move inside the nightshirt that Tammy is wearing and starts to, like, grab at her breasts.
1: No. Oh, um, my God. I would and have she, like I said, her up and run from the
0: home. And she doesn't. Ah. Um, they start saying the rosary. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what that is, but I know the Hail Mary, which is Mother Mary full of God. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they start saying the rosary and Carmen's, um, no, sorry. Uh, Tammy's rosary beads are in her hand and they are ripped away and they shatter on the floor. Like there are beads everywhere. Screaming.
1: I'd be screaming.
0: I would have immediately run out of that room. Like, why are you reading the Bible? Right. Leave the room. <laughs> um, and (laughs) this is when i wrote
1: now carmen believes (laughs) yes finally um (laughs) this has been painful
0: and they actually said that they um and we'll talk about this a little bit later too um al there's like this he talks about it in a in an interview that i saw it wasn't in the book Uh uh-huh but it was in a discovery channel special i saw about it and he mentions it in this interview like i actually watched him say it he says that he at one point is at work and like his car just like drives through his office. Uh, like just turns on and goes through the office. And they like. Cars don't do that. I know. And they like <laughs> chalked it up to it being supernatural. I don't know how supernatural that is, but it was weird. Definitely. I mean,
1: I, I can't explain that any other way. Cars don't turn themselves on, shift into drive. He said and it then like went through his office. Yeah, like and then press their own gas pedal and drive through a building without anybody inside them. Right.
0: <laughs> so obviously this is like super traumatizing for Tammy and for Carmen and after this Carmen alan and Tammy uh, multiple times report being raped and sodomized by whatever is in this house. Um they went into a little bit of detail. I'm not going to go into detail about it. Um but I don't really think we need detail about No. That. Tammy said that it would feel like there were thousands of hands all over you Mm. when this was happening. Oh. So, creepy. Also, around this time, they start smelling rotting flesh, open sewage, and garbage, like, randomly. And this is actually terrifying. This is terrifying. Carmen, at one point, gets in the shower. Oh, no. And the shower curtain... Gets pulled around her like so tight that she is like suffocating in it. What the? Fuck? And this also happened to Al.
1: What the um, shit?
0: And so they started having to use the bathroom in pairs. Oh my god! Because if they were alone, it would like try to attack them. Hey, bathroom buddy, I need to
1: take a shit. Come with me. Can <laughs> like, you like can...
0: sit like with facing the other way?
1: <laughs> Here's a nose plug and some earplugs. <laughs>
0: During <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> during this time, they call a local priest to help them, and he is like, zero help. No help. Um, oh. And this is when um, Carmen calls Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, there are a couple of different versions of how she finds out about them. One is that there's a neighbor who gives her the article. One is there's a coworker that gives her the article. One is that okay. she just finds it herself. But either way... She finds an article on the warrants okay. and calls them. And they, and they come to help her. They, she, they said that she called, like, in the book, they said that she called right after the incident with the cousin where, like, the hand was up in her shirt. Yeah. I'm not sure when she called. Okay. Um, there wasn't any, like, in the, I could go by what the book says, but. There's no
1: other proof of it. There's
0: no other proof of when they actually called. Yeah. Um, but they did. And so if you guys don't know anything about Ed and Lorraine Warren, Ed is a demonologist, lecturer, and author, and Lorraine is a clairvoyant medium. Um, And they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, and they claimed to have investigated over 10,000 cases of the paranormal.
1: They're Um, badass.
0: (laughs) When they go to visit, Lorraine is, like, immediately drawn to the basement. Uh, Of course she is. (laughs) And they're joined by... um, Three researchers, and I only got the name of one. His name is John Zaffis, and he is um, their nephew, actually. Um, And he's actually in a bunch of the – he's in the book. He's in two of the documentaries. Yeah. So he was there. (laughs) Um, And they moved into the Snedeker home – Snedeker. Sorry. For nine and a half weeks. During what? the summer of 1988. Are you serious? Nine and a half. They months. lived with them. 24-hour surveillance. Wow. Mm-hmm. And Lorraine would co- Lorraine and Ed would come and go. They weren't. They weren't there 24 hours, but their three researchers were the whole time. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they need. They wanted to. Um. They they needed physical evidence of the haunting, so they w- had audio, video, and other types of equipment. Um, Probably not as great as we would have today, but they had it. Um, We're going to talk about what Lorraine feels in a little bit, but um, I thought this was really cool. Uh, In the book and in one of the documentaries, Ed Warren talks about the five stages of possession. Oh. And what they are. Oh, that's going to be interesting. So the five stages of possession. I'm on. gonna go I'm gonna run them down the five and then I'll talk about what they are. I'm so ready. First is the encroachment, second is the infestation, third, the oppression, fourth, the possession, and if nothing is done about the possession, fifth, death. Ooh. So um the encroachment is the inviting of a demon. Yeah. Whether that's by um Somebody playing with tarot cards, somebody seeing a medium, um, you know, using a Ouija board, things like that, or, and or,
1: Uh
0: um, some sort of um, something going on that you didn't do. Like, uh, like, say the people before you were doing things like that. Yeah. And they, they invite something and they open a door. Because the Snedekers, they, like I said, they're very devout Catholics. They were not messing with that stuff. Yeah, they
1: weren't sitting in their living room every night playing with a Ouija board. No, and
0: like <laughs> even when this stuff started happening, they're not playing with a Ouija board. So like they definitely, whatever this thing was, they did not invite yeah, it in. Yeah, it was most likely. It was from something I else. I say it was
1: most likely because their house was a morgue. And well, a we're going to talk about <laughs> that, girl. So
0: buckle on up because it's crazy. I'm ready. The infestation <laughs> is when the entity starts to mess with your environment to make you think you're going crazy um talking to like voices that nobody's there turning faucets on and on the things going missing like the plates uh, like um purses and keys going missing things yeah. like that four or third sorry is the oppression and that is when it the entity no longer is messing with your environment they are attacking your body yep so um you know obviously the the rape the sodomization yep. A lot of them said that they were being pinched and poked and, and things like that. So it's starting to affect you physically. <laughs> um, Fourth is the possession when obviously a person like invites this thing, whether knowingly or unknowingly, into their body to inhabit them. And then <laughs>
1: no. if the
0: demon is successful with the possession, fifth. That is their ultimate goal, is to kill you and or those around you. Huh. Um, Goodbye. (laughs) And Ed and Lorraine, they said that it chose Philip initially because he was the most vulnerable because of his cancer. Yeah, he was sick. um, To prey on first. And that was why when he left... The, it it got so bad because yeah. it was trying to possess him and yep. or maybe had even a little yeah, bit yeah
1: it sounded well it, it, at that point it sounded like it was already on stage 3 yeah it was already at the point where he was affecting his body and it was maybe even close to possession and that's why when they went, when they left him in the hospital he was like now it's going to come for you
0: yeah because it sounds like the rest of the family wasn't feeling the oppression part of the of the of the possession or the haunting demonic possession uh-huh until after he left. It wasn't hurting them physically. It was yeah. hurting him physically.
1: It's almost like they pissed it off by taking away their host.
0: Mm, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so, Ed and Lorraine talk for a little bit. And Lorraine says that this is the feeling that she got. Was that the morticians before in the funeral home had been practicing necromancy. Oh, God. And this had opened up the house to the entity, and it now was a portal for this demonic possession. What morons? Um, (laughs) interesting. This is also from, let me find the name of the documentary. This is from the, The Fear is Real, Reinvesting the Haunting in Connecticut. Um... There is a woman that they talked to. Her name is Dolores Longo. There we go. And she was a former former funeral home employee. Ooh. She said that she thinks that this whole idea of necromancy is a crock of shit, because she said that when some when a mortician is like going through embalming and stuff, yeah, they constantly have someone that is overseeing them to make sure that everything is done correctly. But also, yeah. this is in the 1920s. Yeah. So
1: we'll see. I was going to say, and who is to say the practices were even. E- but even they lived
0: f- upstairs. So who says that, like, when you all left, they weren't coming down here and doing weird shit? Exactly. And, and I mean, who,
1: like, like, who is uh, to say that they weren't just saying, fuck it? Like, yeah.
0: Oh, I don't she need to, to watch to
1: after you. I've seen you do it 18 times. Yeah.
0: Her view is that how could necromancy be possible if there is constant supervision? But I wrote down. But the family lived upstairs. So maybe they were doing it after working hours. Or maybe some employee snuck in and was doing yeah. it. Maybe, like, it might not have been the mortician himself. It could have exactly. been somebody else. Um, so later on, Carmen actually reported that fu- former funeral home workers were found guilty of this crime. Of, like, necrophilia and stuff like that. Uh, um, but those claims have never been susta- substantiated. They can't find proof of this. Okay. She says that there is proof, but there is no proof. Um, It's a little suspicious. And this is something that you had mentioned. Why didn't they just leave? The Warrens, I mean, why didn't they just first leave after that year? But the Warrens also told the family not to just leave because there was a chance that the entity could follow them. That's fair. like Al with his car. At work. um, Yeah. Also, Tammy had reported having experiences outside of the home. Ooh. So, obviously, it already was following them. Yeah. Um, and they told them that they all needed to sleep together in some sort of communal area because, obviously, it was preying on them when they were alone and they were stronger in numbers. Yep. <laughs> and they should have been all sleeping in the living room from the beginning. Yep. But, <laughs> I digress. Um, and they said that if they had some sort of a light on them, it usually wouldn't bother.
1: You know what I just thought about? What? You were talking about the fact that when Philip left, how he, how it, like, things picked up, and we talked about the fact that the, it was almost like the entity was angry. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned earlier on when he was trying to drag his bed, he made a deal. I wonder if something came to him and was like, I'm going to hurt your family unless you let me possess you. You're making a face right now. Am I on to something? Am I on to something? I'm so on to something, guys. According
0: I'm a to the fucking detective. <laughs> according to the family, <laughs> that is basically what happened. Is that it was talking to him and telling him to do bad things mm-hmm. and like to hurt his family and stuff like that. And I think that he said, first, he said, like, they the Warrens this I- explained at some point in one of the documentaries that, um, They're gonna try. The the entity is gonna try and pull the most vulnerable vulnerable person away from the family. And it it seemed like Philip already felt like he was kind of pulled from the family because first of all, he's the only one going through this major traumatic illness. Yeah, and and that nobody can understand how he's going, what he's going through. And then second, his parents don't believe him when there's he tells me there. Then he tells them that there's something downstairs. This house is evil. We need to leave. Like, and they're like, oh, I... And then they start blaming things on him and, like, being mean. Which is awful. (laughs) They are mean. And so, like, I think that he might have made a deal with it to either leave them alone or something. But according to the family, they think that the demon influenced him in some way. Yeah. That's Um, what I just... To either... (laughs) Like, and he probably said yes either because he was already feeling alone and he needed some sort of outlet or he didn't want it to hurt his family. Yeah. They've never come out right and said that specifically. But to me, that's what that's, that's what that would make. That would make sense. To me.
1: I was going to say that, mean you know, mean, I came to that conclusion just mm-hmm. from what you were telling me. Mm-hmm. So and I've never heard I've never heard any of this and I have never seen any of these movies, by the way. There's only one. Oh. One that's only, one well, that's based, there, multiple there are
0: two, but one is based on this and one is like loosely based on it. Okay, gotcha. One <laughs> is like, I can tell you a haunting in Connecticut. First of all, it's an awesome movie. You should see it. It's amazing. Okay. Um, And it's actually pretty accurate to a degree. Um, There's some stuff where it's like, that's not how it goes, but it's like, you know. Yeah. To be, you know, true to. Like they're just doing it based off the book. They don't have to like be like this is the book. You know. Yeah. They say it's based on a true story. So it doesn't have to have exactly what everything is. So um, the members of this research team Mm -hmm. immediately start picking up on their own experiences. uh, Almost immediately start having their own things happen to them. Many of them um, and they were also sleeping in the living room with. Okay. The family. So there are like six family members plus three researchers, nine people sleeping in this room. Jesus. Um, But they claimed that while they were in the home, they were being slapped, beaten, pushed and slammed to the floor. Holy shit. Like they were experiencing (gasps) physical attacks like this whole time. Um, and actually John Zaffis has a pretty crazy experience. He said that he actually had to take some time off after like experiencing this. Like it was so scary. Um, he said that everybody was sleeping one night and he was on his, like just on his, well, I guess not his computer. Who knows? (laughs) But he was (laughs) writing down some notes for the day and, um, he noticed that it got really, really cold and he went into the hall and started to smell something just, Awful. He, like, couldn't describe what it smelled like. He just said it was, like, putrid. Ugh. Um And he saw something take form. And it was coming down the stairs. And it said, do you know what they did to us? Ah. He said he could only describe it as um, transparent, murky, and it's and the stupid thing stunk like hell. <laughs> he called it a stupid thing? The stupid thing stunk like hell. That's what he said. That's ballsy. <laughs> um, Lorraine says that while they were there, they heard chains rattling from the equipment down in the basement, even though nobody was down there. Uh-huh. Um... And then also, during this time, Carmen would just, like, pass out. What? She couldn't move. She couldn't talk. And she would go into, like, these weird, like, trances. And she would be in different places meeting (sighs) these weird beings. And it was just, like, strange. The fuck? And they said the longest time that she was in one of these states was, like, eight hours. What? Yeah, and they were just, like, and she would wake up with them, like, putting holy water on her and saying prayers. Like, that's how she would, like, awake from this trance. And just would be like, where, what happened? And they'd be like, you've been... Jeez. Not responsive
1: for... <laughs> you've been down for the count for fucking eight for hours. eight
0: hours. <laughs> um, here's something interesting. And we talked about this with Amityville, too. The Warrens encouraged the Snedekers To go public about this. They did not want to. They said it would. Get the church in faster. Maybe. Maybe. Um, And so like she. Like Lorraine said that with protocol with the Catholic church. They would start with like a parish priest. So Mm -hmm. it would like. Get him in. Then get the other people in. Then get the committee in. Like you know it would get them in relatively quickly. If they were like we're being haunted by a demonic possession yeah um like i said the family whole the whole family felt like weird about it and carmen really did not agree with this did not want to go public but al told Warrens to do it because he just was like whatever you can yeah. do to get this to be done i don't want to deal with this anymore yeah I don't blame him <laughs> so they told their story in many interviews um with a lot of national talk shows and they did a discovery channel special which i watched okay um <laughs> I told you about this. I watched a doc- I watched this uh interview with them. Uh-huh. It's uh it's Bradley, I think. Uh, Tammy, Al, Carmen. Uh, John Zaffis is there. The Warrens are there, and then like four neighbors, <laughs> and they're all fighting. <laughs> Uh, like you you were low blow on your rent so that's why you were doing this the haunting thing and they're fighting it's like an episode of maury it's what? hilarious it's like it's like that is not my baby but they're, <laughs> but they're but they're fighting about a haunting it was hilarious ed like literally like there's a skeptic that comes in he only talks for like a minute so i like couldn't get a lot of information yeah because they've been fighting this whole time she literally didn't have time and he, ed like turns to him and is like yelling at him like like not even letting this dude talk. So <laughs> it was kind of nutty. That's weird. So something sad that kind of happens with them going public um, is that the kids start really having trouble at school. Yeah. When all of this comes out, they start losing friends. People start calling their parents crazy. Um, but there's actually a reporter, and he's in um, one of the documentaries. His name is Kenneth Demaro, and I'm sorry, I couldn't catch where he worked. Um or, like, what publication he worked for. Uh-huh. But he was a reporter, and um he thought that the family was sincere. He said that he never personally had any experiences, but he's, like, the family was just so distraught and upset that, like, I couldn't not believe them. Yeah, it's how, like, how do
1: you not believe an entire family of, like, uh, not on top of the four kids, the two parents, the cousins.
0: Like, like there's six. Like, there's no. There's like eight people at this point. There's like eight people that are, that are saying this is crazy. All
1: experienced this stuff. How yeah. do you sit there and say that they're not telling the truth when they're all
0: like, "What the fuck?" He said <laughs> that the family told him that because he was a reporter, the ghost wouldn't show himself. I was like, mm, that's weird. That's how "Okay, that's strange. I'm not sure if that's how that works, but okay." Um. And the ghost story seemed very sudden to a lot of their neighbors. They like they seemed that it was like the Snedekers really didn't say anything about it until one day. And then all of a sudden, like, here it is. Well,
1: I mean, they said they didn't want to go public about it. I feel like it's not something that they wanted to run around being like,
0: well, my house is haunted. Yeah, exactly. going to go tell the neighbors. So so I didn't know why. I mean, that seemed kind of strange to me. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I would disclose that information to my neighbors that I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, it was a different time then in 1986, 88, too, that. People used to know you would, you would know your better. neighbors like and no, now I would probably like if my neighbor was not my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, I would not talk to them.
1: But it's like I, mean, <laughs> I can see it as the standpoint. I mean, look at how long it took Carmen to believe.
0: Carmen's uh-huh. like,
1: if I go tell my neighbor, you know, uh-huh. even though I'm friends with them, she's probably going to think I'm batshit crazy. So I'm going to I thought my g-
0: my kids were batshit crazy yeah, for e- a year. Exactly.
1: So like I'm going to keep this to myself because it's kind of bizarre. I don't want I don't want this to be public knowledge. Right,
0: right. So this is after they go public. This is when they have an exorcism of the home. Um they performed a 3 hour exorcism of the house. Shit. And eventually at the end of it, they were told that they could return to the house. But according to an article from 1992 in the Hartford Current, the local Roman Catholic diocese had no authorized had Authorized no exorcism and there was nothing conducted at the house. What? That is what the diocese say. But let's just say this right now. The Catholic Church is not super forthcoming forthcoming about when they perform fucking exorcisms. Yeah. So maybe, I, I mean, and it's possible that they didn't go through this. Specific Roman Catholic Archdiocese. Exactly. They could have gone through somewhere else, some other channel. So just because it's the closest one doesn't mean that's exactly who exactly. they went through. But this article says that the Roman Catholic Archdiocese said no authorized exorcism had been conducted at the house. Weird. Um, but John Zaffis was like, oh, I was there. So yeah, it happened. Yeah. So, um, but Carmen was actually asked to sign a release saying that she would never like divulge what happened during the ritual. Really. And so that's why I'm not going to really talk about what happened. Um, Good for you. <laughs> um, because there's, they, they talk about it in the book and there's a lot of profanity and like, you know, the demon screaming profanities at them and attacking them and whatever. But she, the, the actual family can't actually tell us what happened. They have signed this thing that says they're not allowed. Wow. Um, so the book was, I'm sorry, who was the book written by again? His name is Ray Garten. Ray Garten. We're gonna talk about him. Let's oh, say, he's how, a piece
1: of cake. So does he get? He gets all the basically all the information about the exorcism probably from the journalist, right?
0: No, I don't know where he got it. Let's mm-hmm. say
1: because if the family signed a whole thing, this is they can't. He talk probably about made it him. up. That's, we're gonna talk about it. Okay. Oh, we're gonna talk about it. Okay. And I also had another question. At this point, is Philip still gone?
0: Philip's gone. Okay, Philip. He is gone. not okay. living at the house. Um. So where was I? Signed the release. Okay. So what I can tell you about it was three priests and three deacons plus a strong man, I don't know what that means. Strong. And a note taker were all there. Okay. And they brought in religious relics. Um they spoke in Latin, Hebrew, and English. And when they started the the exorcism, it got cold and dark in the house, like 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 it had gotten to be nighttime but it was day. And um That's creepy. Ed started having like Terrible chest pains, like Ooh. he was gonna, like Ed, Ed Warren, like he was gonna have a heart attack or something. That's not good. Um, they said that there was rumbling throughout the whole house this whole time, and then when they said Amen, it was done.
1: Wow, the house
0: felt immediately different. And actually, something interesting. Like I said, they brought in all these religious relics. One of them was a Madonna, which is a, um, a statue of the Mother Mary. Yeah. Um. And when they went and found that Madonna, after the exorcism, its hands had been broken off. Which are, like, in a prayer position. Yeah. so That's creepy. That was really creepy. Um, after <laughs> the exorcism, the family waited six days to make sure that everything was A-OK. Uh-huh. And then they moved out. After two years
1: <laughs> living at oh this house. Oh, my God.
0: Um the family ended up moving to Tennessee. Uh, Philip did g- recover from his cancer at that time. He was in remission, but unfortunately it returned in Aww. 2012. And um, on August 9th, 2012, he passed away. Oh. And he is um, buried actually in Elizabethton, Tennessee. Um, Alan Carmen got divorced in 2005 and now she is Carmen Reed. I don't know if she's remarried or if that's her maiden name, but they are no longer married. Um, and she works in Tennessee as a spiritual advisor. Interesting. Yeah. I feel
1: like I wouldn't want anything to do with that after that happened to me.
0: The (sighs) current homeowners did not appear in any of the documentaries or anything that I watched. Um, but they did make this statement and it was after, at the very end of um, that one documentary I mentioned, uh, the Fear is Real, Reinvestigating the Haunting in Connecticut. This is a direct quote. Um, we have lived in our house since 1998. We are happily raising our children here. To us, the stories couldn't be further from the truth. This is not simply a house, but a home. We have never experienced anything unusual in our home. We ask that you respect our privacy. Interesting. So... That is basically what happened to the Snedeckers. And now we're going to talk about how this could all possibly be debunked.
1: Oh, uh, this is going to make me so sad. You were telling me briefly about this. Actually, I'm not sad
0: about this anymore. I'm literally thinking that this guy's just a jerk. I literally think that this guy's just a jerk. Really? Okay, oh, I'm yeah. interested. Okay, let's I go. literally think this guy's just an asshole. Um, so the upstairs neighbors, this whole time that they're living in this house, experienced no activity. Did but they ever hear anything? No. Not as far as I'm aware. They've never made any statements. Um, that's but crazy. they say that they have not experienced any activity. But to be fair, the downstairs part was the mortuary. Yeah. Was the funeral home. The upstairs part was just an apartment for the family. Uh-huh. So it's possible that they wouldn't experience anything up there. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I told you about this, too. There was a freaky neighbor who kept a journal. Yeah. About everything that was going on in the neighborhood. And she said that a lot of this stuff could be explained by cars going by. Stuff like that.
1: I'm sorry. Did she sit up all night long and write down timestamps of which way a car was driving down the street? It's color and it's make and model. If what will, is wrong with this lady? If it
0: woke her up, she would look out her window and write it down. Yeah. It's fucked. This it's woman weird. has problems and needs a hobby. And a big thing <laughs> is like a lot of people ask, why did the family stay for two years before leaving? Like if all of this stuff really happened,
1: why well. did you stay? I mean, after listening to it, I think I could explain it, too.
0: And then he- here's that quote that I told you about. It's from PeopleMagazine.com, uh, and it was, it's quote, unquote, uh-huh. apparently being assaulted and raped by Satan's minions for months at a time wasn't a good enough reason to break the lease.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so good.
1: Because, um, like, I mean, my logic would it, of it would be, First of all, for the first like year in a year, year and a half, almost they didn't. The parents didn't believe.
0: Yeah, it was that was only it, it when was, it attacked it the cousin was the kids. Mm-hmm. It
1: wasn't until they literally attacked the cousin that they that believed Carmen even started to believe. And then after, even though they were having their own experiences yeah, and
0: felt weird after in
1: the house. Philip left and went to the home and, and attacked Tammy, they the parents didn't believe. And then it started going after them and that's when things got bad. Yeah. And so, so it's almost for like a year and a half they just kinda brushed it off. They didn't think anything of exactly. it. Exactly. So these terrible things were happening, but it was mostly the kids that had to endure it and it's they're freaking fourteen,
0: fifteen years old. It's not like they're gonna up and move out. Right, right. <laughs> One of the things that a lot of people like have questions about, um, is like the Seneca's knowing the history of the home. Mm-hmm. The Snedekers, like I said, claim that nobody told them that this was a former funeral home. They did not know when they moved in. Excuse me. The only time that they knew was when they found all that stuff downstairs. Yeah. But everyone in the neighborhood knew. And so that was a little strange. That, like, to me, that was a little weird. It's like, you didn't know until you moved in. Like, I don't, I feel like that's something that they would have to divulge to you. Or like, I'm not sure. Maybe not. Yeah, but see, I feel like at
1: that time, probably not. Yeah. but that's just me. I, I, personally, I would see it as they're not from the area. They don't know. I yeah, mean, exactly. Everybody's like, well, we all know. It's like,
0: well, congratulations, you're
1: from Connecticut. These people just moved from New York.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's like that was my response to it. I thought it was weird, but at the same time, I was like, mm, I it, can under- I can. It makes sense out of that. See, in my head. It just
1: comes down to, did did the agent the real estate or the owner actually tell them the truth about he it. he says not. that he
0: did he says he did they say they didn't so it's so like he said she said yeah I it's mean, just it he said she
1: said that we'll never really know the truth about
0: yeah and so um there are no other records of the house being haunted by previous owners first of all basically after the how Halli- the hallahan funeral home was left by the hallahans it like basically immediately becomes yeah, rented property. It went immediately from being the the mortuary in the funeral home to their apartment. Exactly. So what previous owners are you talking about? The only other previous owners you have to talk to are people who moved in after the Snedekers. and they said that the that the exorcism the exorcism was successful. Yeah.
1: So You can't, yeah, you can't sit there and tell me that there should have been, no, at that point it
0: wasn't. If it was haunted, there's no way that the funeral home people are saying shit.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, they're probably, they're going to say, they're not going to come out and say their fucking house, their
0: funeral home's haunted. Or they're they're practicing necromancy and necrophilia and like, whatever, like,
1: whatever. Y'all aren't making any sense.
0: So there (laughs) is a TV, like I said, there's this Maury kind of TV interview. Yes. And there is a neighbor who stands up at one point and reports that another neighbor who wasn't there had had experiences in the home while the Snedekers were living there. Really? Um, and that she had like, and this is actually in the book too, that she had been been sitting in the dining room with Carmen and felt like a sting or some sort of a bite on the back of her thigh and there ah. was nothing there. Like nothing. Like something pinched her or mm-hmm. something. And she said that she like smelled something, like they would say, like smelled something icky. Ew. So she's having similar yeah, experiences. So that's weird. Um, and the theory about, um, sorry to go back a little bit about, um, you know, the owners denying that they didn't tell about the history of the home. There's a theory that they didn't tell, or that they don't advertise the haunting or the history of the home so that they don't scare away renters. Yeah. So, and now we're going to talk about the book. So in 1992... Uh. Ray Garten, Ed and Lorraine Warren, and, um, Carmen and Al Snedeker together, quote unquote, write in a dark place. Um, the story in a dark place. Let me see. The story of a true haunting. Oh, I'm going to get so mad right now. Um, and this book chronicles the experience of the Snedekers in the home, Mm -hmm. truthfully or not. I did read the whole thing. It's a good book. um. So, in an interview with Horror Bound Magazine in 2009, and just to let you know, this is after Ed Warren has passed away. Okay. Uh, Lorraine is alive. Yeah. But Ed had passed. This is, and this is a quote from the interview. He says that all of this is a bunch of fooey. It's not real. But he wrote the book, right? (laughs) That says, colon, uh, the story of a true haunting. I found that the accounts of the individual Snedekers didn't quite mesh. They couldn't keep their stories straight. I went to Ed with this problem. Oh, they're crazy, he said. All the people who come to us are crazy. That's why they come to us. Just use what you can and make up the rest. You write scary books, right? Well, make it up and make it scary. That's why we hired you. I used what I could, made up the rest, and tried to make it as scary as I could. This makes me angry. (laughs) Here's my fucking problem with this. (laughs) He did not go to his publishers when he learned this. He did not go to a lawyer when he learned that this was all fake. And the book was presented by the publishers as, quote, the most terrifying true case of demonic possession ever recorded, even though Ray, quote unquote, knew it was fake. Why would you let... The company, yeah, do that, and he's profiting off of it. Profiting yeah, profiting off of this book until 2009. I couldn't actually find when he like did all of this, but it seemed to happen all co- to call come out around when the movie came out. Okay, that was like when all those those articles were dated. Yeah, was for 2009. So the movie comes out, and now you're saying it's fake.
1: So it's like he wants the attention back on. And him it was just and his weird
0: book. and not the case. Yeah, so. Carmen claims that they had no editorial rights to In a Dark Place. And the book is no longer in print, just to mention, because of Ray's comments. I had to buy it on my Kindle. You can't find it in print. You're very lucky if you find it in print. Um, Carmen says that she met Ray once and that she spoke with him maybe six times on the phone. That just what? blows my mind. How can you say it's fake when you literally spent no time with the family? Yeah. You spend one day talking to them. They're probably all nervous trying to talk to this author about a book. Like, it just doesn't make sense to I me. I see. Something doesn't add up there. Something I- doesn't add up. And Lorraine um, says that she doesn't know how they ever got connected with him. And she doesn't know why he would have said any of that. Like, just made that up. Um, A lot of people think that around the same time that this happened, Amityville had happened. Oh. So a lot of people think that because they knew that the Lutzes had profited from Amityville, that they wanted to also capitalize on this. And neighbors also, like I said in that kind of maury <laughs> interview, claimed that they were behind in their rent. But only the neighbors claim this. There's no actual evidence to show that they were behind in their rent.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, did the actual landlord ever come forward and say, yeah, they were late on their rent? Like Not then, as far as
0: I know. God, um
1: nosy-ass neighbors.
0: <laughs> I mean, and this is my thing, too. Especially with that quote from Ed and he gets so angry when like a skeptical person like like I said in that interview like was like this is all fake. This isn't real. Yeah. And he got so angry at this dude and is like yelling at him on the stage. Why would a man who has dedicated his entire life to the study of the the paranormal make this up. Right. Why would he like if if people find out that this is not real that could ruin your reputation. Exactly. Why would you even risk
1: that. Say, especially because he it, it's not like he was somebody they had worked with before. No. He was just
0: some new guy. No, why all I- of those books that they've <laughs> written, there's like a couple of them. Like a series of six yeah. or something. They're all written by different authors and Ed and Lorraine and yeah. whoever did it. so it's like, it. why would they risk it with this
1: one person they don't know and be like, nah, yeah, it's fake. It's all fake. They're not going to fucking say After that to profited, you. After you
0: profited, like, and, and like my thing was that he profited off this book for years before yeah. he finally came out and said something. Like, you could have nipped this in the butt, like, right from the beginning. I feel like. suspicious
1: this happened around when the movie came out Mm -hmm. i feel like he wanted advertising for his book but
0: it went the wrong how you're saying it's fake but that's the thing is people are now going to go read it oh that doesn't matter if you say it's fake people are gonna
1: be like there's a book about this too they're gonna go buy it
0: yeah and like ed warren died in 2006 so like when all of this stuff came out it was like 2009 like he doesn't he can't even defend himself can't even defend himself yep but and like lorraine she said but like you can like that's too it's him versus her him him versus her uh, whereas like it would have been like two people against one person exactly and and they have their nephew john zaffis who's like yeah this fucking happened yeah um and i don't know why a paranormal researcher would lie about that
1: i don't It just all
0: seems weird um so yeah and then i wrote again why if ray thought the fake the story was fake Did he not go to his agent or publishers? Like that was my thing, and they build it as like the most terrifying. Like if you know it's fake, you don't do that.
1: Yeah, you. I'm sorry if somebody was like, "You're gonna write this nonfiction book about fiction," and I'd be like, "What? No, I'm not." And I'd be fucking finding every way possible to break the contract and be like, "You can't trust these people." Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna write a book for you and basically lie through the whole thing. And then profit off of it, only to years and years later call you a liar and say it's all fake. Right. That doesn't make sense. It's very weird.
0: Um. So, Ray actually, th- I watched that The Fear is Real, uh, ha- the sto- The reinvestigating of a story of yeah. in Connecticut. Al actually refused to be interviewed for that documentary. It was only the Sons, Bradley, and the younger one who was like way little. I'm surprised he was even in it. Yeah. And then the two cousins. Yep. And then Carmen. That was who was in it. And Al refused to be interviewed. Um, Carmen actually was really upset about all of the notoriety that the, the case got. And like, um, She said that they wanted to use my, she said that the Warrens wanted to use my story for their own notoriety. Yeah. And was really upset because they, like, immediately, like, left when the case was done. But, like, that's their job. I was going to say they
1: came in, they did their job. It Mm -hmm. was successful. Would you want them to stand around and baby you through the next portion of your life? Exactly.
0: And Lorraine says about this that it was just another case for us. So they moved on. Duh. Yeah. But here's something weird. There are, like, no documents related to this haunting, although they say they brought in all this equipment. Lorraine claims that all the documents related to the Snedeker's haunting were destroyed in a basement flood of their home, which is weird to me. So, like, there are things about it's this. It's, like, oddly convenient. It's oddly convenient that you don't have any anything. Okay, so
1: because let me see. You said this happened when? When did Ed and Lorraine come in? What year was it? Nineteen eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. I mean, okay, yeah. Computers don't exist at this point.
0: Yeah, they probably all have these. They only have tapes and actual physical documents. Tapes and
1: physical documents. (coughs) Excuse
0: me. It's possible,
1: but I (laughs) I don't know. It's it's just weird. It is very weird. (coughs) Because i was saying unless they were like, yeah, they were destroyed in, the f- in, in a flood in 2008. I'd be like, at that point, I'd be like, well, then why wasn't it scanned onto your computer?
0: Right. But it's, they don't
1: say when it happened. So it's
0: possible. It's, it's possible. Of, it's possible. And, they, and they live in Connecticut. So it's possible that it could have been from like snow or like, <coughs> geez. Are you OK over there? I like inhaled my own spit like two seconds ago. <laughs> and I've been trying really hard. <laughs>
1: I feel like I did that the last episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. People say that this case is debunked and it didn't happen and da-da-da-da-da. i am not so sure that it didn't happen. It definitely didn't happen exactly the way that Ray Garten said. Um, But I've watched – I mean, they do seem sincere. Yeah. They do. I've watched a lot of, like – I mean, I've watched a lot of stuff with that. <laughs> and, I mean, and from
1: people who didn't originally want it to be public, it wasn't even their choice, really. It was just like – This will get the church here. This will get the church here. Just fucking do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And now it's at the point where everybody knows about it, so they're going to tell their story because they don't want it to be told wrong. So, I mean, I get it.
0: I liked when I, I watched I just, that second documentary, the reinvestigating one, which I loved. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> oh, it's still dying over there. Um, <laughs> which I really, really liked. Um, because, like I said, it used the family. It, John Zaffis was in it. Lorraine was in it. Um, it was a it was a great documentary, and they talked about a lot of the stuff that has been like quote unquote debunked like what Ray said and like I liked that a lot because I was like at first I was like shit this is fake and I'm pissed now because I've done all this research and it's
1: fake I remember you started reading the book and you
0: were like a lot of this is telling me it's fake and I'm just so mad I was like oh no no I I think it's pretty real um I think he's a jerk but I think he's kind of a jerk and this is more why I think he's Ooh, so the movie A Haunting in Connecticut, like I said, came out in two thousand and nine, yeah. and that's when this whole thing kind of resurfaced. Yeah. Because it is based off of a dark place. Yeah. Um, or in a dark place. In a dark place. Sorry. And this is the quote that the lovely Ray Garten gave in a same in that same interview. This is gonna make me mad, isn't it? It makes me mad. I literally <laughs> wrote Fucker all in caps at the end of this. <laughs> I suspect the movie will begin with the words based on a true story. Be wor- warned, just about anything that begins with any variation of this phrase is trying a little too hard to convince you of something that probably isn't true. Like your fucking book, you fucker! Uh, ah! That is so. <laughs> it's li- his book is literally called In a Dark Place, the story of a true haunting. You, you piece idiot. of shit. <laughs> Like, I'm furious. Uh, that
1: is, yeah, that's. I'm sorry if if you're, and that makes me so angry. I mean, I'm assuming this isn't this guy's only book.
0: Uh-uh. He he's actually a pretty famous horror novelist.
1: Yeah, so it's like okay, if you're if you're a well known author and these people come to you and they're like, we want you to write this true story based on these events, and then. All of a sudden, one of them's like, "Oh, this is intro- Oh, yeah, no, there's not a lot of details because it's all really fake. Just like use what we gave you and fill in the rest. I wouldn't of
0: fucking write the book. I wouldn't write the book either. I'd I be would like, be like, "Hey, go lawyer. Find yourself. Hello, my lawyer. Yeah. Please tell me how I can get out of lawyer, this contract public- because these people public- are liars.
1: My lawyer, my publisher, everybody's gonna know. I would have gone straight to the media and been like, "These fuckers just lied to me." Like that would have been something I would have gone to right away and been like. These guys have been lying to us. Like, yep. that's not something I would have. Then sat down and actually written the book. Like, he had to have spent time ra- writing this book, bro. You did this. And Nicole then
0: you- is like having the conversation that I've <laughs> said in my head for like the past two weeks. Like, why the fuck would you do this? Like, you wrote the book. You spent the
1: time to write the book. You did all of the the uh, the advertising for it. You fucking. It split. says based on a true haunting. You lived with this book being published in the world for how many years before if all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, it's all a crock of shit. Like, no, it's not. You were just jealous. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm so annoyed I, I don't right now. I know why he'd
0: be jealous. It's based off his book. The movie's based off his book. I know. It's like, I don't. Something's
1: weird. Something's really weird that you out and say that. I
0: believe that the Snedekers experienced something. I do, too. Whether or not the book is true, who the fuck cares? But to be honest, they came out about all of this stuff before the book even came out. Yeah. I just wanted to read the book because I was like, I want to find out some more details about this shit. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, articles on the internet are incredibly vague. Yes, they are. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I know. Tell me what happened. And so when I found stuff in the book that, and I told you about this, when I found stuff in the book that matched. Things that I had found in articles. That was when I started writing down details. Yeah. Because I was like, these are probably the true events. These are the things that, like, they most likely experienced. And I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to write down the details about this specifically. Anything else he mentions is on him. This is so bizarre. But that's the story, you all, about uh, the Snedekers. And they're crazy haunting. I've never heard of a demon raping and sodomizing an entire family before or three members of an of a family before. i
1: mean i've heard of like an incubus and a succubus but not in that way
0: it was very strange
1: yeah it was very weird that's a yeah. lot i'd say i'd say it's true to a point there's definitely a gray area in there somewhere where the truth lies and
0: i mean there always is yeah you know Everybody has their own truth, and then it's somewhere in the middle. Yep. That's what's really true. Yep. He probably made up a lot of stuff. He probably made up a lot more than he was probably bargaining for. Yeah. To make a book. This thing was fucking 29 chapters. <laughs> I had to listen to it at, at like an eight-hour audiobook. It was long. Yeah. So... I mean, I just think that maybe he had to make up more than he thought he would have to. Yeah. Like, the story wasn't as interesting.
1: Yeah, so, like, what the... Because there was a couple times when you were talking about, you were like, well, the book said that, like, the spirit brushed past her. Like, the little things like that. He probably threw in little white lies just And to that's add, literally why I said, some this fluff is what to the, the
0: book says. Yeah. I'm not saying this is true. It's all. I'm just, uh, just saying this is what it says.
1: It's all for a little bit of fluff. It's... Oh, build, to build the book. Build
0: tension. Yeah. There's a whole part. in like like I said, we don't know a whole lot about the exorcism. And he goes on and on and on about the demon, like, screaming profanities and shit. And it's like, I didn't. Like, okay. Like, like the cousin is, like, feeling things, touching her again. And it's like, all I know is it got dark. And they said amen and it was over. Like, yeah. And Ed had chest pains. Like, that's literally all we're allowed to know. So he had to probably make up the entire exorcism. Yeah. Which is like. An entire chapter. Yeah. So
1: the book's probably untrue to a point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the actual overall the big event is. The things
0: that happened that I read about in all the articles other than the car. The thing with the car. Yeah. They all were in there. The being sodomized. Other than like Al said that he was also sodomized and raped. Yeah. But they didn't bring that up in the book. Okay. Um. Only Carmen and Tammy were brought up in the book. Interesting. Um. And guys, just so you know, if you go and look up any of this content, they change their names all the time. So... Uh, yeah, they, like, started
1: out with trying to protect the kids' identities, and then just one day were like, okay, we're well just going to Well, now they're older, and age. they can decide for themselves, Yeah, so, so. it's <laughs>
0: different. But it was an interesting case to research. Um It sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, the house looks nice. Are there images of the inside of the house? No. Oh. <laughs>
1: That's one thing I, I was thinking. Like, cause while I you- thought
0: I found a blueprint at one point, but it's not real. Oh, that's lame. Because yeah, I well- wanted to know exactly how to explain to you how yeah. the basement looked. I wanted to like find a visual. But like I said, this has all been owned by private people. Yeah. They have a couple pictures from when the Warrens were there of the equipment. So the equipment was there. That's interesting. Okay. The equipment was real and it was there. Um, but not that. of the rooms themselves. Damn it. <laughs> it was very disheartening. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I want to see inside this house. I want to understand. But there, there it is.
1: I mean, I guess the people that live there now haven't come out and been like, yeah, this isn't what it looks like. Like but th- there they was could not a be morgue in my basement. It.
0: Well, and also the exorcism was apparently successful. Yeah.
1: So they're living there happily and spirit free. So <laughs> like
0: they can they don't like nobody's had any experiences in like since da, 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 da. yeah because we had an exorcism and it was successful you fuck like, exactly <laughs> you kiss my ass i'd literally just be like fuck <laughs> you go away that's what they said in the um in the doc well not, not the documentary the interview that maury interview yeah they were like nobody's had any experiences since you one of the neighbors said that and she was like because we had an exorcism and it was successful. <laughs> I literally like put my like face palmed. I was like, are you serious? Just because they're not experiencing things there now does not mean because right. they brought somebody in to fix it. Exactly. I don't, that just blew my mind.
1: Anyway. Oh my god. I can't with this case. That's killer. That's uh,
0: I went on a deep dive, I told you. You went seriously deep. Damn, girl. I read a book. Do you know how hard it is for me to read a book in a week? Yeah, fair. <laughs> I know. I was like every – I would like <laughs> set up times in my day. Okay, this two hours. I'm going to read the book. And eventually <laughs> I just stopped reading it and put it in my ears. Yeah, that's Because smart. I was starting to like take too long. Oh, Because yeah. I was trying to like write things down and I was like, no, just like listen. And when you hear listen, stuff, pause it. Listen and type it and, and, and pause it, you know, and, go. and And write so that you're not like reading it at the same time and then trying to be like, oh, okay, and I need to pause this now. And now I need to type. And like – Yeah. It was just confusing, so – I ended up listening to like the last half of it. But if you guys read the book, just be warned. And in the rain, don't come in until like the very end and it's disappointing. Really? It's like the last ten chapters. You go like a whole fifteen chapters
1: without them. Without them at all. I mean I guess that's fair. Most of the story happened without them in it. They were there for about two years. They didn't come in until the very end, so That's true. You said they were there for nine weeks?
0: Yeah, nine and a half weeks. Yeah. Month and a half.
1: Mm-hmm. one month, month and a half
0: two two months yeah, yeah and steve and i almost called him steven that's what they Just call him in month the book and a half
1: that's like yeah it's like two months four weeks is a month about
0: yeah it's about two guys months. i'm really bad with math it, it's a little <laughs> over two months probably yeah so anyway nicole <laughs> where can they find us because this is an hour and 45 minutes in hell yeah <laughs> i feel like that since amityville like this is my long one this I haven't had a long one. Li- well, the, ki- the stainers was long like this. So yeah. But yeah. I've, when I do a deep dive, I do a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> it's two oh. hours or less. Okay. Anyway. Oh, gosh. All
1: right, guys. Well, if you would like to hear a little bit more of us. <laughs> we our are funness. all over the place mm-hmm. if you would like our social medias we are on facebook and instagram at buzzkillers podcast we are on twitter at buzzkillers pod buzzkillers pod we have our very own website www.buzzkillerspodcast.com
0: buzzkillerspodcast.com
1: and on that website you can check out there's a little about section you can read a little bit about me and macy you can check out all the wines we drink with like I always put like a little description tells you a little bit about so you can read about confetti (laughs) yes you can (laughs) you know exactly what the bottle looks like when you go to buy it in the store because you should because it's good Anyway. So good. <laughs> There's a whole place on the on our website where you can listen. There is even a section where you guys can write to us. A whole yes. contact page Um, has a little form you can fill out. Send us your spooky stories, your episode recommendations, your theme recommendations. Send us. Your thoughts on our cases. Just some thoughts, some theories. Send
0: us some love. We Let's love hearing from you. We love the love. Terry loves love.
1: <laughs> you ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Terry Cruz's character who's named Terry talks in third person and there's like a whole episode where they talk about the fact that he loves love and so throughout the whole episode he's just like Terry loves love. But if you guys don't want to hop on our website and you just like want to send us a message you can hit us up at buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com um you can send us a message that way from your own personal email if that's easier for you or just whatever you prefer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we are also available for listening on a million different platforms, guys. Wherever All you of get them. your podcasts. So, yeah, seriously.
0: Uh, <laughs> Tyler said that we should start saying that. <laughs> he just be like, we're available wherever you get your podcast, okay?
1: Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> But I like to I like to list them. No, I like it too. <laughs> um, we are on YouTube, guys. Check us out on YouTube. We have a whole playlist, like of all of our sources that we yes. use. Yes. Um, all of our episodes are uploaded there. Um, if you need to find us, we are go in your search bar and just our full name, Buzzkillers, po- Buzzkillers, a, a true crime, crime podcast. podcast. That should bring us right up. If you subscribe to us, <gasps> we eventually get a custom URL. And then it's much easier to find us. Yes. Because so we'll please. be we'll be like YouTube.com slash something. And it'll be so much easier for you to find us.
0: <laughs> Rather than us being like, please type in this long <laughs> Where, sentence.
1: Whereas the first time I was trying to get my boyfriend to subscribe to us. And he was like, I literally could not find you.
0: <laughs> I know. It took me a while, to. I had
1: to send him a link to our page.
0: <laughs> I did that with my mom and my sister, too. I was like, here, have this, like. <laughs> it's easier. But um, outside of YouTube, you can
1: find us on most streaming platforms. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, which also includes Audible. We are on Pandora, iHeartRadio, and our host platform, Podbean. Shout out to Podbean. We We love love Podbean. We love them. I'm going to shout them out always because they're great to us.
0: They are. Anyway guys, one more haunted house case. Yes. And it's Nicole's. So I'm excited. I'm so pumped. I don't know a lot about this one, so I'm so excited. This one's really
1: cool. This one I can tell you guys I have seen in person. That's as much hint of I'm, I'm gonna give you.
0: So I know what it is. You guys don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we almost gave it away and then we deleted that part of the episode. <laughs> I did
0: give it away. I flat out gave it away. We flat out were
1: like this house. He <laughs> was like, Oh shit, oh shit
0: And I was <laughs> like, We gotta stop, we gotta stop recording. <laughs> Oh man! <sighs> okay, guys, we are so excited. We think I—I I mean, I'm pretty sure people are loving the haunted houses month. Yeah, people they really are. are. So we got to do so, some more spooky stuff.
1: I love. If you guys want more spooky, hit tell us, us up. some spooky. Tell things. us. Yes. What are some spooky places would, in your neighborhood? I really want to do like some kind of you know listener tales episodes. I know. I. Those are. I know. You're not the biggest fan
0: of them when I you listen
1: to, like, the podcasts? I don't podcasts.
0: like I, – I would like telling them. I don't know if I, like, listen uh, to uh, them.
1: Those are some of my favorite episodes because it always just reminds me, like, everybody knows the big cases. There's all these cases out there you can research online. But these are like – these personal. are the cases that are – they're personal. And it's just – you're a little somebody from a little town in the middle of nowhere and you've got these freaky ass stories and it's like things that you would never hear without these podcasts telling them right and that's why i love them because they're just something new right and right. I, it's everything from paranormal to true crime and in between and i love it guys it's send us so cool shit. so please send us some stories i would love to hear from you guys i want
0: to hear <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll stop rambling now because it's yeah. been like two hours. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but we love you all. And yes. thank you so much for listening to us and for making us successful. Yes. We're very. We're almost at a thousand followers
1: on Instagram, guys. You have no idea what that means to us. We're killing it. We started this as like a we love true crime and just need somewhere to put our we need an outlet, exorbitant knowledge of this freaking topic because (laughs) our boyfriends are going to explode if we keep trying to tell them about Ted Bundy.
0: Although (laughs) now Tyler is like, Why won't you include me?
1: It's hilarious.
0: And I'm like, Wait, you literally were like, I don't want to watch this documentary.
1: I started making watch, I started watching the Cecil documentary. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, it's so good so far. I'm only there's four episodes i'm only two in but it's so good guys netflix put out a, a documentary they put out a
0: good one every month and i'm, yep. I'm not even done with about like the cecil hotel some of the ones that are farther back so. go watch it yeah <laughs> because we'll we'll talk about the cecil eventually i wanna, we want to whole we want to do a
1: whole haunted month haunted i want to do hotel month. i want to do a month on just <clears throat> cecil just cecil because cecil connects richard ramirez the elisa lamb case and it even connects to Black Dahlia. Black Dahlia. And the hotel nah. itself is supposed to be majorly haunted. You could
0: do like a whole episode Dozen. on just the hauntings and exactly. then do one on these other three cases. Dozens of suicides and murders. The Night Stalker would be long.
1: Night Stalker would be long.
0: So maybe we'll do him
1: the next month. Black Dahlia would be very long.
0: So maybe it's two months. <laughs> <laughs> like a month and a half. We'll do a month and a half of the Cecil. <laughs> I mean, I want to cover, um, The Overlook.
1: Yeah, the Shining Hotel. Yeah, The Shining Hotel.
0: Because I watched that episode of Ghost Hunters where you like see that chair move really yeah. fast, and I was like, it's haunted. <laughs> so uh, we're planning like a a ghost road trip, you guys. We're yes. really excited. One day, one yes. day it will happen. So one day
1: post COVID.
0: Po- yeah, post COVID, <laughs> when we're right allowed out
1: outside of the state again without being yelled at,
0: and you know <laughs> having to go in quarantine for two weeks. So, yep.
1: anyway, we love thanks you so guys. much,
0: and thanks for listening. And be excited yes. for Nicole's episode because I'm wrapping excited. up. I can't the, wait
1: wrapping up haunted houses month, guys. And
0: then we gotta figure out what we gotta do next month. <laughs> oh shit, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even talked about we that. Talked about it. It's okay. <laughs> I have an idea for a mini. So if we can't get it like right away, I can just do my mini. <laughs> 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 and we can do that.
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me.
0: Anyway, guys, we love you and
1: that's that's it. That's a wrap. Yeah, that's it. Until next time, guys. Okay bye. Bye.